You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. My name is Chris. I am one of your hosts. Matter of Theology is a podcast production that stands for the sufficiency of Scripture and seeks to show how Scripture uh, is sufficient, is inerrant, is infallible, and applies to everything we think, say, and do. Uh, Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on behalf of uh, my co-host, Mr. Drew Von Nita, on behalf of the Bar Network and the Christian Podcast Community. We thank you for doing so. Um, And Today's episode wasn't a planned one, Um, and uh, in fact, all I have in front of me right now is an open Bible. Um, I have my inside column reference legacy standard Bible open in front of me, and um, uh, just FYI, uh, head on over to read.lsbible.org. That's read.lsbible.org to read the legacy standard Bible for free if you do not have a copy. If you would like to get a physical copy, which you should, uh, head on over to 316publishing.com. They uh, produce some amazing, amazing copies of God's Word in the legacy standard Bible, and of course, the New American Standard uh, 1995 edition as well. That said, uh, let, let's let's dig into this. And like I said, today's episode was not a planned episode. I've been I've been chewing over this for uh, a few days now, and I've been wrestling over uh, whether or not to record an episode um, on this very topic. And um, as I was thinking, and as I was praying, and, and seeking some counsel from from faith, some faithful brothers, um, uh, I decided to go ahead and pull the trigger and to record this episode. And um, and and there's a, there's a specific reason why. There's a specific reason why. I, I, what I want to do is I want to start with scripture, um, as always. Okay, um, this is this is a, a Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus in chapter five, um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to start um, in verse number six, and I'm going to read through verse number eleven. So Ephesians five verses six through eleven. Here we go. It says, "Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience." Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of that light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And do not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness but instead even expose them. That's Ephesians chapter five, verses six through 11. Of course, read out of the Legacy Standard Bible. Now, I start with that passage of scripture because it's an important passage of scripture. Um, I wanted to read it in context. Uh, 
um, let no one deceive you with empty words. And, um, and, and that, that, that's what Paul starts with there in that sentence. Uh, of course, it's verse six to us, but in that sentence to the church at Ephesus, and he just got done um, exhorting the saints at Ephesus to be imitators of God, to walk in love, just as Christ also loved us and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. And then he goes on to name uh, sins that should not even be named among the saints. Those sins, of course, being sexual immorality, impurity, greed, um, nor filthiness, nor foolish talk, coarse jesting, which are not fitting, um, but rather giving thanks. And then goes on to say that these things um, shouldn't be named among you. Don't be partakers of them. Uh, Let no one deceive you with empty words and don't participate in the unfruitful works of darkness, but expose them, expose them. Um, And we see Paul exposing um, throughout the New Testament epistles, exposing false teachers, exposing those who uh, would create schism within the church, um, some of which uh, are, are, are good examples, some of which are not. Um, and, uh, and, and the reason I'm starting this is because I, I wanted to record an episode um, specifically because the majority of our listeners of Matter of Theology have been and continue to be in the United States of America and specifically in the state of Georgia, specifically in the metro Atlanta area. And within the last week, there has been a well-known quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes here, pastor who has continued to go down the dangerous, deadly, damning rabbit trail of 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 not standing for the sufficiency of scripture and i'm talking about andy stanley and the reason i i I wasn't sure if i wanted to do an episode on this is because we've talked about this before we've talked and we continue to talk about the sufficiency of scripture it's in the introduction now um rewrote the introduction a little bit to include that the all-sufficient word of god and and we've we've addressed Andy Stanley in the past, and of course Andy is is famous and infamous <laughs> for his unhitching the Old Testament from uh, from from our thinking, from the believers' thinking, which is nonsense, um, and and ridiculous, and uh, and and now now recently he's gone a step further, and he uh, recently. <laughs> He recently um, uh, stated in a sermon given um, given at, at his satellite campuses that uh, that the Bible says so is not an accurate or a, a good starting point for adults, a good starting point or returning point for adults. And um, and in this, there's a very uh, uh, passed around clip now. I shared it on Twitter. It's about three minutes and 40 seconds. And he goes in and he's talking about um, why that's not a good starting point. And um, I listened to the rest of the sermon and it doesn't get any better. 
Um, he carries himself in a very pompous and arrogant way um, and his, is stood there with a Bible in his hands, which, by the way, this is one of the only times I've ever seen Andy Stanley with an actual physical Bible in his hands as of late. There could have been more examples, but he reaches behind the TV screen where he puts his quotes and his points and his pithy sayings. And he reaches behind the TV screen and he grabs a copy, a physical copy of God's word. And he proceeds to say that, uh, you know, we all grew up with, uh, you know, with, with being told and, and the culture, the church culture that I grew up in was being one of being told that, that the Bible is inerrant and it's, it's infallible and it's not able uh, to, 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 to make an error and that it's sufficient. Um, and, and then, doesn't like he, he says it in a very sarcastic way uh, and then never goes back and says, and it is all of those things. He never goes back and says the Bible is inerrant. It is infallible. It is sufficient. He goes, he goes on to say that, that it's not a good starting point. He goes on to say that it's not a good returning point for adults and 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 I, I I listened to this clip and I watched the majority of this this message. I'm not even going to call it a sermon. It's a TED talk. And 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 I just thought to myself, enough is enough. You know, we've called them out before, but I, I wanted to record this, and I don't know how long this is going to be. Um, but, but I wanted to record this for, for a reason, because the majority of our listeners are in the United States. Like I said, the majority of our listeners are in Georgia. Now, look, I've been to Andy's churches. I've been to Buckhead church. I used to go, uh, when I was in college to, uh, and some of you will remember this 722, um, which was an event, uh, a weekly, a weekly meeting, an event, a time of uh, musical worship, Louis Giglio, uh, would lead that. And, uh, I would go to that every week when I was in college, I've been to Buckhead church. I've been to North point. Um, th- there are multiple quote unquote satellite campuses that, um, uh, that, this church has that I have friends in that we, my family, they have, we have family that attends one of these churches and the time brothers and sisters, the time has come and gone. Time has come and gone for those precious and dear saints in the Lord to continue to sit under this wolf's teaching. Scripture says, do not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead even expose them. So if you are listening to my voice right now, that is the point of this episode of Matter of Theology, to expose Andy Stanley. He is a false teacher. He is a wolf. He has denied the infallibility, the inerrancy, and the sufficiency of Scripture. He talks down about scripture. He believes through his words and his action, the way he operates his church, he believes that the Bible is not sufficient for all matters pertaining to life and godliness. He believes that the scriptures are are merely um, made of whatever you interpret it as. And that we have to start over. That's the name of the series that he was kicking off. Starting over. 
That's what he believes. He, he, he does not believe in, in, in Paul's admonition to his young son in the faith, Timothy. Second Timothy chapter two, uh, starting in verse 14, remind them of these things, solemnly charging them in the presence of God, not to dispute about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent, verse 15, to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling, rightly dividing the word of truth. Andy doesn't believe that. He doesn't. And if you, dear saint, dear brother and sister, are continuing to sit in, in, in his quote-unquote churches and continuing to give money to those churches, you are funding false teaching. You are funding a man and a ministry that is more like the father of lies, the devil, Satan, the serpent, as the words that come out of Andy's mouth mimic that of the serpent in Genesis chapter three, indeed, has God said? For those who have heard Andy say we need to unhitch ourselves from the Old Testament or the Bible says so is just not good enough anymore, can you not hear the hiss of the serpent questioning the very words of God? What Andy Stanley and Buckhead Church and North Point Community Church and however in many uh, Southside and, and all of the other campuses, quote unquote, that they have, yet you are led by a man who specializes in godless and empty chatter. And it will and has and is leading to further ungodliness. Andy Stanley's words will spread and have spread like gangrene, like cancer. He has gone astray from the truth. That's what he's done. And he continues to upset the faith of some. And brothers and sisters, this should not be so. Don't stay in this man's church any longer. I mean, just within a stone's throw of where I'm sitting right now. There are churches, there are pastors, some of which I've done ministry with and know personally who continue to partner with Andy and his, his, his ministries. They continue to promote, they continue to work for, contracted by those ministries. Brothers and sisters, it should not be the case you know, Paul said just in the next chapter, second Timothy chapter three, but know this, that in the last days, difficult times will come for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, unloving, irrecon irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, without gentleness, without love for good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness but having denied its power, keep away from such men as these. Keep away from such men as these. Brothers and sisters, that's Andy Stanley. That's who that is. He holds to a form of godliness, but he has denied its power. 
He thinks that we need some sort of, of, no, no, we can't use the Bible because people reject the Bible. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. They reject the Bible because the Bible is an offense to them because truth is offensive. That's what it is. But he calls himself a pastor. That's, that, that's not the call of a pastor and under shepherd. The call and the charge to a pastor and an under shepherd is, is found in Second Timothy chapter four. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and teaching. For a time will for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. There's a lot there, but the pastor and the under shepherd, those who supposedly have been called have been confirmed, have been equipped by the God of the universe through the power of the Holy Spirit, by the ministry of the word of God to shepherd those dear saints, those adopted children in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is your charge to stand and question sarcastically the inerrancy, infallibility, and the sufficiency of scripture doesn't just doesn't just not fulfill the charge it completely goes against it you are standing in that moment and spitting in the face of god now chris why do you say that well because paul said in just a few sentences before chapter 4 verse 1 he said all scripture is god breathed is inspired by god is theonoustos and profitable all scripture is god breathed and profitable it is useful it is sufficient for teaching for reproof for correction for training in righteousness so that the man of god may be equipped having been thoroughly equipped for every good work Brothers and sisters, because someone may object to the Bible, it doesn't mean that you reject the Bible in, in what you say and how you live. No, you continue to preach the Bible. You continue to live the Bible. You continue to be men and women of truth. You continue to be Bereans as you search the scriptures to see if these things are so. You continue to speak up the truth of God according to the scriptures understanding that the results are not up to you. This line of thinking is completely antithetical to scripture. And I know there are people out there right now, right now who are listening to this and thinking, man, you're just, you're being a little harsh or who are you to judge? And the Bible says not to judge. And well, keep reading Matthew seven. That's not all Matthew seven says. Don't stop at verse one. Continue to read. We are. To, we will know them by their fruits. We are to examine the fruits of those around us. The Bereans, the noble Bereans, examined the scriptures, like I said a second ago. But we are to be men and women of the scriptures. We are to be men and women of the truth. 
I don't care if North Point and Buckhead or any other pastor, by the way, who would say these things has a good youth program, children's program. They have music that I like. Well, they're playing music written by heretics. You are giving your time, your talent, your treasure. Um, You are giving, and, and if you're a man, a husband, and a father, and you have your kids and your family in this place, you are subjecting them to lies. You are subjecting them to deception. You are subjecting them to the devil's preaching. Well, Chris, that's a little harsh. That's a little harsh, don't you think? No. No, I don't. I don't think that at all. And scripture tells me that, that absolutely, that, 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 that's not too harsh at all. First Timothy chapter four, but the spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And by the hypocrisy of liars who have become seared in their own conscience, Standing on a platform, questioning the word of God is the doctrine of demons. That's what that is. Run. Run. Flee. Flee. The Bible says is an accurate starting place and a returning starting place for adults for teenagers, for children. It's the only starting place and returning place that we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ need to be concerned with. I know, like I said, I know there are people that are listening to this or they're going to see the title of this and they're immediately going to go, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, what makes him think he's perfect and he's done this and he's done that and you're not perfect and no, 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 no. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right, but praise be to God that by his grace, I have never stood on a platform and questioned the inerrancy, the infallibility, and the sufficiency of scripture, and that's just by the grace of God. Have there been areas in my life where I haven't lived that way? Absolutely. That's true for all of us. But brothers and sisters, Jesus himself Jesus himself, our Lord himself, understood that the Bible says is good enough. You know, I think, I think to his temptation, all right, I'm gonna flip over to Matthew because I've been in Matthew this year. The temptation of Jesus Christ, excuse me, starting in Matthew chapter four, and here, you know, it says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he'd fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. There's that hiss again. If the questioning hiss of the serpent, what did Jesus respond with? And he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
And that's Jesus quoting Deuteronomy chapter eight and verse three. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Teaching that the Bible says is not an accurate starting point for or returning point for adults and children. All it does or adults, adults or anybody, all it does is give them gives them fuel to continue to remain in their unrighteousness and, and to suppress the truth in unrighteousness, as Paul said in Romans 118. But Jesus didn't stop there. The devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, here's Satan twisting scripture he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone jesus said to him again it is written you shall not put the lord your god to the test man Again, the devil took him on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down, prostrate yourself before me and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. How do we know how to do that? The scriptures. The scriptures. The word of God, Jesus himself in John chapter 17 prayed to the father. He prayed for the unity, unity in Christ, unity, unity that he, he uh, started and he upholds, but he continues to pray for the, the dear and precious saints, the elect. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. If you just look at what Jesus said about the scriptures, Matthew 21, did you ever read in the scriptures? Matthew 22, you are not understanding, uh, uh, you are mistaken, not understanding the scriptures nor the power of God. Matthew 26, therefore, how will the scriptures be fulfilled? Matt, uh, uh, that's 54, verse 56 in Matthew 26. But all this has taken place in order that the scriptures would be fulfilled. Mark 12, have you not read this in the scriptures? Do you not understand the scriptures? Mark 14, he's saying, but this has taken place, that the scriptures would be fulfilled. And the scripture was fulfilled in Mark 15. Luke chapter 4, today, this scripture has been fulfilled by your hearing. I could keep going, John chapter John chapter two. So when he's so th- uh, when he raised from the dead, his disciples remembering what he said. John, um, uh, he, I'm sorry, I totally butchered that. Let me start that over. <laughs> so when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that. Remember, he said this, and and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, John chapter seven, has not the scripture said, John chapter seven, um, uh, John chapter 10, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken, John 13, 
Um, I said all this that the scriptures may be fulfilled. John 17, again, in verse 12, I, um, uh, he said, while I was with him, I was keeping them in your name, which you had given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, of course, that's Judas, so the scriptures would be fulfilled. Let's keep going in the New Testament. Okay, Acts chapter one, men, the brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled. Acts chapter eight, now the, now the passage of the scripture which he was reading was this. Okay, and then Philip opened his mouth, Acts chapter eight, and the beginning uh, from this scripture, he proclaimed the good news about Jesus to him. Acts chapter 17, mentioned it twice already. How about a third time? And these, the noble Bereans, were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word, they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. Romans chapter 1, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures. Romans chapter 4, for what does the scripture say? Romans chapter 9, for the scripture says to Pharaoh. Romans chapter 10, for the scripture says. Romans chapter 11, uh, or do you not know what the scripture says? Romans 15, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through the perseverance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, verse four, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Galatians chapter three, but the scripture has shut up everyone under sin so that the promise of faith in in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Galatians chapter four, but what does the scripture say? 1 Timothy 4.13, hello, every pastor needs to listen to this. And if you are in a church where this is not taking place, Buckhead Church, uh, North Point Community Church, or any other church for that matter, until I come give attention to the public reading of scripture, not just one verse, not just part of a verse, the public reading of scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18, for the scripture says, 2 Timothy 3.16, I read it once. How about a second time? All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. James chapter 2, if, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture. James chapter 2, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled. James chapter 4, verse 5, or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? 2 Timothy, excuse me, Second Peter one twenty. Know this first of all that no prophecy of Scripture comes by one's own interpretation. Second Peter three sixteen. Also, in all his letters, speak, and he's talking about Paul here, um, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures to their own destruction. I'm going to flip over there real quick because I actually, I want to look at that a little bit more in detail because this is exactly what we're seeing. 
The apostle Peter says in verse 14, therefore, beloved, since you are looking for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless and consider the patience of our Lord as salvation. Mm. Just as also our beloved brother, Paul, according to the wisdom given him, given him wrote to you as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which the un taught and unstable distort as they do the rest of scripture to their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, lest you having been, having been carried away by the error of unprincipled men fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and, and now into the day of eternity. Amen. Wow. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Um, this is very, very freestyle. I, uh, like I said, I have no notes in front of me. I just have my Bible. And um, the Bible says so is is a good starting place. It's the only starting place. It's the only starting place, beloved. So you, therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, don't be taken captive by untaught and unstable men who seek to distort and question the authority, the infallibility the inerrancy and the sufficiency of scripture to their own destruction. You therefore beloved, knowing this beforehand, knowing that there are savage wolves, savage wolves who will rise up amongst us. Paul warned the Ephesian church in Acts chapter 20 will rise up amongst us and we'll, we'll seek to twist, malign, distort the word of God. And they do so, like I said, to their own destruction. I want to just flip over to Acts chapter 20 real quick because I think that also is a good and, and needed reminder. It says, uh, be on guard in verse 28, Acts 20, 28. I'm going to back up though. I want to back up because this, this is good. Paul in verse, in verse 27, he says, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. People like Andy Stanley, uh, people like Andy Stanley shrink. They capitulate from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. They do. And I know, let me, I said, I was going to wrap up. Sorry. And, and I know some of you may be listening. And you're like, man, but your tone. Well, okay. Tone police. I don't care. This episode and, and, and this, these words are directed towards those precious saints to whom I love. I have, like I said, family and friends, close friends, friends that I've done ministry with that I've led music with. And, um, that, that again, like I, if I, if I saw them in person or talk to them, I love them. I love them. Th this, these words are also that there's there's um, fire in my tone because I know there are those saints out there to whom I don't know 
but I love you in the same way because we are unified. We are blood brothers and sisters unified by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus desires a pure bride, but people like this, Andy Stanley, and and there are a whole host of others, a whole host of others. And we've talked about them and we'll continue to expose them. They shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God according to the word of God. It breaks my heart and it, and it, and it does it, it. A zeal for your house has consumed me. And that's what you're hearing. Verse 28, Acts chapter 20, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. He literally acquired through his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. And that's what we, that's what we're seeing. And we continue to see. (sighs) Beloved, don't. May it not be said of us. May it not be said of us that we are those who will not endure sound doctrine. May it not be said of us that us wanting to have our ears tickled will accumulate for ourselves teachers in accordance to our own desires. May it not be said of us that we will turn away our ears from the truth and that we will turn aside to myths. But may it be said of us that we were sober in all things. May it be said of us that we endured hardship. May it be said of us that we, we fulfilled our ministry May it be said of us that we are men and women of the word. May it be said of us that we have sought to wash ourselves with the pure water of the word of God. May it be said of us that we would take a stand and that we would not join with, much less share a table with the Lord's table for crying out loud. Those wolves, those who to their own destruction, those untaught, unstable, those who will distort God's word. May it not be said of us that we would sit at the table with those who mimic and and parrot the hiss of the serpent. May we be men and women of the truth. May we, may we be sons and daughters of God who can say that we love the law of God. 
May it be said of us that we first and foremost, every day, all day, searched the scriptures to know whether these things were so. May that be said of us. May it be said of us that we are are men and women who have sought and poured over the scriptures in an effort to understand who our God is. We see throughout creation, as Psalm 19 tells us, that the heavens are telling of the glory of God and the expanse is declaring the work of his hands. But let it be said of us that we search the scriptures, that we to, to, to know our God, to understand his attributes, to um, uh, because we love him, because he first loved us. May that be said of us. May it be said of us that we sought the law of the Lord because it is perfect. May it be said of us that we, that we sought to understand the testimony of Yahweh because it is sure. May it be said of us that we, that we sought the precepts of Yahweh because they are right. May it be said of us that our desire is to, to, to consume and apply the commandments of Yahweh because they are pure, enlightening the eyes. May it be said of us that we poured over the scriptures to, to fear God because the fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. May it be said of us that, that we, we want to understand the judgments of Yahweh because they are true. They are righteous altogether. They're more desirable than gold. That may, may it be said of us that we love the scriptures because they are sweeter than the honey and the dripping of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, we as his slaves are warned and in keeping the scriptures, the word of God, there is great reward. May that be said of us. So beloved, knowing this beforehand, may we be on guard lest us will be carried away by the error of unprincipled men. May we not fall from our own steadfastness, but may we grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving him all the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.